Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Sing it. Steve Ashburner, that's some walk-up music. Thank you very much. That's a beautiful choice, Steve Ashburner. From NBA.com, here he is, Steve uh, Ashburner, with a walk-up music. We love that. We love that. You know, an hour, an hour ago, our guest was playing John Facenda, <laughs> The Autumn Wind is oh, wow. a Pirate, because he loves NFL films. And here you are, both rocking and rolling. But this, the, uh, the, the Allman Brothers, first track from, um, from Eat a Peach, it's, it's what Greg wrote about his brother Dwayne after he had just died in the motorcycle crash. Right, Steve? That is all correct, yes. I, I tend to think of it as sort of an ironic uh, statement about my misspent life. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, I try to, you know, it's a daily affirmation to maybe try to get it right one of these days and, and put my time to better use. But here I am on the phone with you guys. Yes, right. Talk about a misspent life. Man. We're, <laughs> we're, we're right here. Kind, so, kindred spirits more than I ever realized, Ashburner. Who knew? Uh, so the... Who won the trade deadline? The Bulls. The Bulls totally the Bulls did. did. <laughs> Who won the trade deadline in the East? Uh, in the East, I would say um, competition. You know, we're in an age in the mm. NBA where it seems like half the fan bases uh, of the 30 are rooting for their teams to lose. So the fact that you actually had teams, good teams already, trying to, uh, you know, strengthen themselves in sort of an arms race with Milwaukee and Toronto and Philadelphia. Boston was a little hamstrung because, you know, they can't tinker too much um, given what they want to do this summer. But those three teams, I think, have really helped themselves. And as long as they don't um, so beat the hell out of each other on the way to the finals, somebody's going to be able to give Golden State a run for it. Yeah, it was it was refreshing to see that with those teams. And last night, the the Sixers played with their new starting five for the first time. In their 17 minutes that they played, they were a plus 14. They they Brett Brown put him back in. Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler, along with JJ Redick and Embiid and, Embiid and Simmons. Last 14 minutes, they outscored Denver. Good team, 14 to seven. Got to the line seven times, made the Nuggets miss six of eight. Is that is that the second best starting five behind Golden State now in the NBA? Yeah, I think so. I think that's a very fair statement. Um, JJ Redick, you know, gets he, does, he has his tractors, but but by and large, I mean, what he does, he does extremely well. They're they're gargantuan too. I mean, he is the short guy at six four, and and everybody. I mean, you got Ben Simmons. What is he? Six nine, six ten. And Jimmy and and, uh, and Tobias Harris and then Embiid. I mean, they they pose a problem defensively just with their quote unquote length. I guess is the word supposed to use now. And um, and 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 that's good too. It's interesting when teams like this, you know, right off the bat. I mean, they just barely introduce themselves uh, all around, and and they have great success immediately. I, and I know there's an adrenaline factor to it. 
Um, but there's also, I think, uh, puts the lie to, uh, well, let's just say that Sixers alumnus Allen Iverson would be pretty happy. Those guys don't need practice. <laughs> Do you think this will be the, that'll be the best starting lineup that Jimmy Butler will have wrecked by being a team <laughs> cancer? <laughs> it is interesting what this might mean. I mean, can he be happy with that many weapons? No, they, let's cut to no. the chase. No, you don't even yeah. have to go through the explanation. No, he can't be happy. And he'll claim that he was just doing it as a good teammate. Yeah, it's uh, it's a little disconcerting. Uh, Jim's game. I, 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 I tell everybody I underestimated him. I counted him out at every step in terms of his game development. I thought, okay, he's maxed out. He's never going to get better. And he kept doing more and getting better. But then his game got to a certain point where that was great, and his head kept growing. And um, I, I don't, I don't fully. Uh, you know, what he did in Minnesota to me was just uh, uh, well, just just so beyond the pale in terms of professionalism, the lack of, and uh, then to have you know issues in in Philly at least from what we heard, and now with this lineup, I mean if they don't if they don't go to the finals, I got to think he might be he might be trouble in Philadelphia. You know now at least has a backup plan if they decide that they'll go with. Harris is their third guy. Yeah, t- no, t- it's going to be. I confess, they did it. That's Jimmy's plan. I confess, they're the reason we didn't go to the finals. Yeah, you know, Elton Brand is saying right now that he thinks they could re-sign everybody, Harris and Butler. Yeah. But I, but I, I think you're right. I think I think they'll let Butler walk and maybe keep Harris, depending on how this goes. Tobias Harris is thrilled to be on a good team, and seemingly, you know, it's only a, one game, but he's 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 happy to do whatever it takes. It takes a special personality to make these super teams work doesn't it? Sure it does. I mean, uh, you know, the more I thought about it um, after the, the, the Harris move, I kept thinking, well, you know what? I mean, I could still see Jimmy deciding, I'm going to go to the Clippers. I'm going to go right into the teeth of LeBron and the Lakers. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be their second superstar. Maybe it'll be Kawhi Leonard. Maybe it won't. And I could see him deciding, you know, I'm Mr. L.A. And, and, and that's the way he goes. Otherwise, his best fit might be somewhere like Orlando where he can be the big dog, nobody else to, to really challenge him, and uh, he can get his points, he can get his minutes, he can get his load management days if he wants them, and uh, and, and, and we just sort of ignore him. No, he's <laughs> Mark, Mark Wahlberg is not in Orlando. Oh. He's in L.A. And Billy Good Crystal point. is sitting courtside. Yeah, so. But that's the thing. Psychologically, I think Ash is right. Like He, he wants to just be the man. No, he won't Somewhere. be happy there either because he, he wants to be the man where people watch hmm. and people look and people adore him. So Matt Spiegel is going to lay out the frustration of a management team that planned badly and and is not only planning badly for the biggest free agent bonanza, but also the greatest reason to tank. So, Matthew, as you did earlier in the year, lay out for Steve. Let's run this by Steve Ashburner of the of NBA.com. All right, I'll try to do it short. Um, no, that's okay. We, three, got to, we got an hour to kill. Three years ago when they said, we want to get younger and more athletic, they instead signed Dwayne Wade and Rajon Rondo and went with the three alphas and tried to, you know, they got the eighth seed. Then, sure. then the next year they decide to shift gears and, 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 and rebuild. Now they've hit this summer, which so many franchises have been waiting for, this best crop of free agents since the summer of LeBron, and they're completely unable to capitalize on it. Tapped out. And they know they can't, so they make a trade for Tobias Harris, who was a nice player. No, 
Otto Porter, Otto Porter, who's a nice player, thank you, nice player, but making twenty six or twenty seven million dollars with a player option for the third year, and they have to like accept the fate that they themselves have created this middling fate, and now the 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 worst part about it maybe is. They won a game against an actual team last night in Brooklyn. They could play themselves to an inconsequential seven, eight, or nine pick, as opposed to this opportunity to be terrible that had just presented itself. Like I, it just feels like a misstep in every every step of the way here, Steve. Am I am I missing it? I understand. I feel your pain. Let's let's put it that way. Okay. Um, you know they may have they may have uh, uh, you know they so dodged a bullet last spring. Because I think uh, Wendell Carter Jr. is a is a very good pick and prospect, yeah. and they landed him in spite of themselves winning too many games in the spring, and and then they lose a tiebreaker too when they set up the uh, draft lottery that they could have had the, are to, to determine. So they would have had the second you know, pick. Yeah, and they but they still got a, a great guy. So you know, I mean, you know, a very promising guy. They didn't get Luka Doncic, obviously, but they. Um, you know, so they may think, well, we can still do that. Well, I, you know, I don't really follow the draft or the, the draft class much until we sort of uh, get deep into the springtime. But what I've heard just on the surface is this is not a real deep draft class. I mean, this is going to be a drop off after like your third pick. So um, that's not a good strategy. The, the league has done what it has done to flatten the odds and, and deprive teams of that that enticement to lose more the first three teams only have a 14 percent chance the three worst teams rather mm. they have a 14 percent chance of getting the number one guy so you know there's you're supposed to not want to lose a lot but but to me i guess the idea that anthony davis put together a list of teams he would consider playing for it included the knicks it included the bucks i mean those are like shots right across the bulls bow mm-hmm. because big city yep but we'll go to the team that's really been lousy for 45 years and and then um you know then the the bucks which are the you know the the stepchildren to the north i mean yeah they have, they're playing having a great year and good for the bucks that's fine but chicago is supposed to have some gravity when it comes to a hometown guy like anthony davis and he apparently um and there, there was smoke screen to that i mean if he said chicago maybe people would take him seriously and and it would muddy the message about wanting to be for the, with the Lakers, which I think really is all that, that that's about. But, you know, the Bulls don't seem to think they can compete anymore for top-tier free agents. And, and they certainly seem to think they can't compete now, that they're not attractive enough now. Mm-hmm. And and I just wonder if not now, when? Well, they they as as Speaks pointed out, they're they're missing the greatest free agent class, and and the Knicks are a really good, a, a really good example, a really good counter. Can they offer? Are they is, is did they clear up enough, clear out enough that they can offer two max contracts this I summer? I think the Knicks will be in position to do that. So yes. not only did a team either plan or fall into it, but. A team that is a dumber organization generally than the Bulls can offer two max contracts and still has a chance at Zion Williamson. And the Bulls are out of both. And the Bulls are out of both. Yeah. Well, (laughs) being able to do it is one thing and, and, and getting people to come. I mean, you know, the Knicks have been able to get guys to take their money. 
I gave Amari Stoudemire a lot of credit when he was willing to go in there without any promise of anybody else. Um, I guess maybe Carmelo was there, right? But but he did that. It didn't pan out. But, um, you know, they and look, they could get the number one pick, but that's just something to package and, and deal because New York does not have the patience to build – through the draft to rebuild to do all that they're just going to have to treat that like an asset and that's probably part of why new orleans uh one of many reasons they held off because if you see the knicks with the number one pick you know maybe anthony davis does go to the knicks and and you get zion williamson and you hit the reset button on a a young big man who's your face of your franchise on a rookie contract and the bulls finish fourth in the three man just (laughs) perfect just perfect um steve ashburner of nba.com I, uh, I, I, for some reason, every time I see Wilt Chamberlain's name as James Harden chases the 30-point consecutive games record and Russell Westbrook chases the consecutive triple-doubles record and all, all roads lead to Wilt Chamberlain, yes. I always think of you because that avatar photo you had a couple years ago, Steve, of, of, of a young Steve Ashburner holding a microphone in, in, in Wilt Chamberlain's face. W- when was that? Where, where, where was that? I'm actually lurking behind him in a scrum at the 97 All-Star game when they did the top 50 players in NBA history. Ah, okay. And they brought those guys in on Friday afternoon before the All-Star weekend stuff, and you could circulate in this big ballroom and talk to all these different guys, and I planted myself behind Wilt and just listened to him regale and boast and and do all that stuff. And, I, you know, look, I just – I grew up in Brookfield, right, and I remember those pre – well, hell, pre-Artist Gilmore Bulls days, the love – Walker, Sloan, Van Leer, mm-hmm. and Dick Mata Bulls that would go play the Lakers late at night. You'd watch Bullwinkle going against Will Chamberlain. And I just, I found it just hilarious and entertaining. And I just think people are so quick to forget what happened maybe before they were born or started paying attention. And Will Chamberlain, you know, people want to say, well, who'd he play against and, and so on and so forth. But he played against some of the greatest Hall of Fame centers in NBA history. He put up incredible numbers and and just like oscar robertson how's this for a name drop oscar robertson once told me if i knew triple doubles were going to be a thing i'd have gotten more he you know well same thing if he thought 40 point or 50 point games was ever going to were going to be counted like they are for james harden he'd have gotten more also oscar average averaged one one for three years i think he averaged triple doubles well if you take his first five seasons and you, you total everything up and divide it by the games played and use common rounding uh, mathematical rule for, I think, the, the rebounds, because he's like nine rebounds short over, uh, over five actually years. Hitting it flat. He, for five seasons, his first five seasons in the NBA, he averaged triple double. <laughs> pretty good. He's good. He, yeah. he, he should be in the Hall of Fame. He, he, he should not have a microphone. <laughs> He should not have a microphone. Did you do you remember him hearing him on broadcast? No, I don't. He didn't do well. Oscar was bad. He would say things like, "Wow, did you see that?" <laughs> I swear to God, I heard that once. Kind from Oscar Robertson, kind of little Joe it Carter. Kind of, it was kind of Santo like. Oh man! Uh, well, you Very know, emotive. Wilt, Wilt, <laughs> Wilt ties in. Wilt ties in because. If you didn't realize LeBron was going to go to Los Angeles for the denouement of his of his career, then you haven't been paying attention. Just like Wilt did, just like Kareem did, just like Shaq did. I mean, this is it was going to happen. It, Dwight Howard tried it. Exactly right. Um, yeah. So, who does LeBron want? What 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 are what does he want? In terms of growing old over the next couple of years, 
Who does he want by his side to win a few more titles in L.A.? Uh, obviously, Anthony Davis. Who else, you think, does he want there? I think he wants Anthony Davis, and I think if he could talk him into it, he'd take Kyrie Irving. I think he feels he has enough history there that he can patch things over. Just Kyrie, I mean, Kyrie's going to have to do a 180 because he left LeBron's uh, you know, tutelage so he could, he could do things on his own. So if he were to go to the Lakers, I mean, he, he'd have to take back everything that he said and, and stood for when he uh, finagled his way out of Cleveland. But I think that, that yeah, that would be his, his first choice. Now, if he, could, if he could get some stellar point guard that he doesn't have to give up the ball to too much, you know, I mean, he doesn't want Russell Westbrook or James Harden, I don't think. Mm. But if he could have somebody that, you know, because I think he gets it. I mean, he, he's going to be, he's, what, 34 now. He'll be 35 next December. And if he has to wait, you know, for Anthony Davis to finally get free as a free agent, he'll be 36 when he makes his first playoff run with Anthony Davis. So, you know, the clock is ticking. Uh, LeBron wants to take care of this stuff. I mean, you'll hear him talk about how he feels satisfied. He's accomplished everything he wants to in the in the NBA. And that's kind of, I don't know, I don't particularly thrill to that kind of talk. I mean, it's true. We may be able to tell him that, but for him to say that is a little... Um, you know, not a good look or not a good sound, but he wants to do the TV and entertainment and film and that sort of stuff, you know, and be a wheeler dealer in, in that and, and do it simultaneously. Look, if he wanted to play with Anthony Davis, he could have chosen the Pelicans this past summer. And I mean, they'd be a top contender right now with Julius Randle and Drew Holiday and LeBron and Anthony Davis. Um, but he wanted this and, and so now he wants to win maybe again, and, you know, set up shop in the entertainment capital. So, um, but yeah, I think, they, you know, a big man, you know, that totally suits today's game and can dominate both inside and still, you know, be a threat outside. And so if it's not Davis, I mean, somebody like Carl Anthony Towns or, or whatever, but he's probably a little bit too young and, and, and unproven. And then a, a point guard that can, can take a lot of the ball handling chores that LeBron, you know, used to used to uh, dominate. I, I want... Jimmy Butler to go to the Lakers. I want, to see, I want to see LeBron deal with that. Now you, you know you know the other name I was thinking of. Ash is Clay yeah. is Clay Thompson because uh-huh. I, I talk about maybe the best spot up shooter in the game who can obviously create. His dad played with with LA. I wonder, like, if you're LeBron, you could just pass He's the ball. Still broadcasting out there, Michael. Yes, is, he is. Right? Yes, he is. I, you, you're LeBron. You could just pass it to Anthony Davis and Clay Thompson. Let them do some a ton of scoring dirty work and you could just enjoy passing and, and average 15 assists a game if you want. Yeah. Well, eventually what we'll see, it'll be like a, you know, a, a playoff game seven in some round and it'll be like uh, Thursday night where just about every Laker was involved in that game winning play, except LeBron. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, the ball bounced around, somebody took the shot and then uh, Tyson Chandler batted it free and Rondo got the ball and he scored the winning bucket. LeBron was sort of there to, like probably had to process how happy am I? It wasn't me. And then, and then, you know, went around and hugged people. So I think that's probably the, the format um, for the future with him. Hey, all you got to do is look at team LeBron for the all-star game. So many of those guys are free agents. I mean, he started his recruiting when he picked that team against Giannis on Thursday night. Yeah, Giannis accused him of tampering when, they, when he was, made his first pick. See, that was so great. The NBA is just so entertaining with that stuff. Right. It, it really They're is. They're coming out with it. Yeah. And, on, the, on the NBA's choice of network. They're yeah. Saying, yeah. So, is that tampering? 
Okay. Yeah, and LeBron said, no, there's no tampering rules in the All-Star game. They're right. just giggling about it. Steve, we appreciate your time. Thanks a lot. Always fun, guys. Thanks. All Thanks, right. Steve. Steve Ashburner, NBA.com. And um, so we got to take a break. Uh, we can – I have a um, a really good idea for a band name and a segment. Ooh. What, um, which comes first? They're, they're the same thing. Actually, I think the segment's about to come first. segment's about to come first. But you could just play air guitar if you want. It's called Apropos of Nothing. I really think that's a good, maybe a nihilist kind of band, but it's a good band name. And I think it's an opportunity for us to fill space because <laughs> it's not an opportunity to advance our careers or make money. But we can fill time. Those don't And exist. we have to fill time until... <laughs> Two o'clock. Thank you. You just sneeze for fifty me. minutes. No, it's 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 also today is a huge day for knowledge acquisition. I, I'm I'm in it the is? I'm in the knowledge acquisition business. Well, then I have a bunch of use useless things good. that we can just toss off. I'm way behind in my knowledge acquisition. Today is a potentially huge day for that. So. Wow, that's good. Is there a certain like weekly recommended daily require uh, for knowledge? Yeah. Um, Weekly, monthly, I don't know. Are there quizzes? I, I, Are we going to be tested on this? I exceed it. I am. I, <laughs> I, I, I swallow media and information more than retaining any, it. Is anybody and well, retaining. Well, I, I need a place to spit it back out. Is oh, what wow. I need to do, or else you explode. We're going to have fifty, forty minutes for you to spit. I'm in. All right, here we come. Useless vomit of knowledge. That's what we are. It's another band name, isn't it? Keep coming. <laughs> Spiegel. Saturday Suckage, you'd expect that here. Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. I love them. Spiegel shared a bill with them. Third of July. Nick Lowe's band. Ah! And Sh- Shane would know. Sh- Shane's only missing the wrestling mask. I mean, can't you, don't you believe that? Don't you look at that? Say Shane would look. Yeah, he'd look really good. Yeah, nicely done, nicely done. I just feel like Pulp Fiction is going to break out when I was watching them and hearing them. Nick Lowe just left. He goes, "All right, you know what? For half an hour, these guys will play." It's right. I didn't. I love Nick Lowe. I miss. I didn't miss him when he did that. Okay, so there's just a whole bunch of stuff. I want to get to. Okay. I, we have not been, I don't know, we've done a show since the Super Bowl, right? No. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we did a show, the last show we did uh, the day before was the before, Super Bowl. Right. So. I believe it's pronounced Superb Owl. Yeah, that's just wanna, what it became. I want to make sure that. The best story written about the Super Bowl was in the Detroit Free Press. I'll read it to you. Okay, please do. Super Bowl LII concluded Sunday night in Atlanta without the Detroit Lions losing, extending the franchise's record 53-year streak of not losing the big game. (laughs) This is a real story. It's on their website and their paper. The New England Patriots defeated the Los Angeles Rams 13-3 in front of a raucous crowd of 70,081 in the Mercedes-Benz Stadium and in front of millions more watching at home. But most importantly, the Lions didn't lose the Super Bowl, and they remain just one of two teams in NFL history, along with the New York Jets, who have existed in the Super Bowl's entire 53-year run 
and still have not lost a single Super Bowl. <laughs> now, the Jets were in one, and the they Jets, won it. of course, won Super Bowl three. Compare that to the Patriots, uh-huh. who have lost a whopping five <laughs> Super Bowls, including three under legendary coach uh, Bill Belichick and quarterback Tom Brady. It's a great call. How good could they be when they've lost three Super Bowls? The Detroit Free uh-huh. Press story goes on. Or the NFC North, the rival Vikings, who only needed 11 seasons to lose four Super Bowls. Even the heralded Green Bay Packers lost a Super Bowl. Mm. The Lions have reached the postseason 12 <laughs> times in the, during the Super Bowl era, and while they may have lost nine wild card and or first-round games, two divisional round games, and one FC championship game, they have not lost a Super Bowl. Now, they, they have won exactly one playoff game in their career. In their, is that right? I think it's won since winning the NFL, tie, NFL title in the 50s. I think it's one one game. Something behind like behind the great Eric Kramer, I do believe. Yeah, they beat Dave Wanstead's Cowboys. Yes, they beat the Cowboys and then lost at the Redskins. Um, before Isn't that the greatest that's, Super that's Bowl phenomenal. story? That, that's outstanding. Yeah, that's their only um, that's their only playoff win in the Super Bowl era is 1991. That's that's a great way to spin it. it is, well, if you're, you're Detroit. Detroit, yeah, I don't, I, I, I'm not sure that's actually apropos of nothing, but it, it just, it felt so late that it needed to be. And there's another Super Bowl um, tweet here from Strombone, which Robert Luongo, Roberto Luongo, Luongo, right? He's hysterical. Awesome. So he retweeted what he tweeted two years ago. Me and Tom Brady together have five Super Bowl championships. <laughs> and he updated it. Now we have six combined. You know, Luongo is a great, a, a great example of what a little self-deprecating humor and humility can do Mm -hmm. because when he was, you know, one of the best goaltenders um, in the NHL who kept falling flat on his face in huge moments. And, and revived, I don't know about reviled by Hawks fans, but a a wonderful, a wonderful villain with a Canucks, a team of of biters and hair pullers and whiners. We wrote songs about Luongo. In Wait, what did I miss? In the Madhouse, the Mighty Madhouse, Luongo sleeps tonight. Oh I my did like God. A, I did like an acapella thing. I don't... But yes, he was such a good villain, and uh-huh. and you made fun of him the entire time. And then all of a sudden, when you realized, oh wait, Strombone one, that's him, and he's making fun of himself the yeah. entire time. You're like, Mike, it it is. I once I, I was once talking to a very prominent um, sports person. In this town. Very prominent sports person. It says that on his business card. Yeah, he gave me the card. And I said, oh, yeah, you are. Oh, you're very prominent. But the ability to make fun of oneself or at least admit one's faults on the biggest of stages, it is a life hack. That's the phrase he used is that he doesn't understand why more people don't get it and don't do it. It is a life hack. Because you feel better having unburdened yourself and by admitting some fault and admitting that you made a mistake publicly, you pu- you puncture some air in the pressured balloon you don't even realize you're walking around with, you know? Mm-hmm. And people like you more. They like you more when you admit some humanity and some failure. It's And, and people walk around and they never, sometimes they'll never admit that they screwed something up and you slowly lose respect for them if they never admit it. Don't you? 
I, I yeah, I understand that they're much more. It gives us something to write and talk about when when they're like that. There's a humanity. There's a different layer there other than win or lose. And I don't remember what he was. And and you certainly become more more. You're more likely to to want to hug the guy. You're more likely to like him, and it, and he's tougher to to paint as a as a villain. Although those Canucks were just ugly. Oh, they whiny were ugly. teams. But here's the interesting thing: is that that. I don't recall what his – I know he's team captain. It was odd having a goalie as a team captain mm-hmm. for a while. And it was sort of like having Kerry Wood as your team leader. That was the same idea. It's just not – it's always been somebody else, player, defenseman, or a skater wearing the C. But he was your captain. I don't recall what happened after they lost Game 7, Stanley Cup Finals to the Bruins. And we had the Vancouver – they burned the town down, yeah, right? Yeah, And there's that famous picture of the – Couple, couple kissing, yes, right. In the the whole <laughs> Vancouver was a thing. I the streets are burning. And there's a couple lying on the street, making right? Out. Making love, yeah. yeah. And well, not making, making love. <laughs> they were close. Well, it could have been. <laughs> we don't know. Yeah. So I don't recall what. I don't know. if There's anything you could say at that point to do that, to 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 make to be human at that point. If you're Roberto Luongo, if you're any Canuck, when you've done that. But here's the thing. They should not have gotten there. Game seven of the series against the Hawks. This is when the Hawks came back from down 3-0, right? Patrick, to force game seven. Patrick Sharp is at the left post. Oh, I remember it. And remember he it. had Luongo dead. <laughs> he shot into him. He didn't shoot over him. If he shoots over him, the Hawks advance. And Vancouver never has a chance to burn itself down. <laughs> All right, we have more apropos of nothing because we, if there's anything this show has, it's a lot of nothing. We'll be back for that. Horton, here's a who? It's Manny Machado upon mention of the White Sox last year saying, Who? The team you're going to end up with, Manny. Do we, is there any, are we, are we like trying to herd cats with this thing? Do we know anything? Is Hector Gomez. Is this new, or is this from like a month ago when he said the White Sox are the favorite because you're going to let him play shortstop? But why wouldn't the Phillies? The Phillies don't. Yeah, they do. Carey's your shortstop, right? Gene Segura. They got Gene Segura from Seattle. I missed that. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, but but to your point, Hector Gomez is. Uh, I saw him categorized today as a Dominican baseball insider. Um, he had tweeted that this morning in response to the Jim Duquette story, which was repurposed news made to seem new. Hector Gomez said his source says Manny will be with the White Sox. And then he tweeted a little while ago that his source had told him, I think 250 mil over eight years was the offer from the White Sox. That is brand new information that nobody's seen. If that's actually information, who is, is Hector an Gomez? Opinion? Sometimes that could be an opinion of. I think that's what it'll take for him to get to the White Sox, and somebody won't hear that part. I, I'm just guessing because so much. Jim Duquette's problem was he offered an opinion; it became fact, or it was cast as a news report. Well, I, he offered what appeared to be a fact from two months ago that he hadn't shared for some reason, and then it. I don't know this stuff, it, but Hector Gomez has seventy one thousand Twitter followers. I I was thinking he was a Dominican baseball insider, but who is he? Who are these guys? I think Shane Reardon knows who Hector Gomez is. So he is 
what would be the John Heyman or Ken Rosenthal of the Dominican Republic. He's okay. the most respected insider in the Dominican Republic, and a lot of people believe that his source is Manuel Machado, Manny's father. Okay. So that's that's kind of the thing here, that he's got all this inside information because his source is really Manny's dad. All right, now the problem with that is that Manuel Machado said that the Dodgers were interested and some other teams were interested, which we know is complete garbage. Correct. He said that there were offers on the table from four teams right. and a mystery team. We're dealing with Frankie Pentangeli here. It, this Baseball is rough. Frankie Pentangeli. <laughs> the FBI, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah they, yeah. they wanted to feel good about this. They say, yeah. We're dealing yeah. with the discomfort yeah. of an endless, endless offseason yes. with very little payoff. Right. And we all have hot stove blue balls, and it's it's not going well. It's just not going well. So you're grasping at anything and like, hey, Dominican insiders. There you go for five hundred. Dominican insiders. I'll take Dominican insiders for five hundred. That's a good band name. Sure. All right. I'm in. Um, apropos of nothing, Sir? Eric Eric at home tweeted this. Kyler Murray, you know maybe you know. The, Heisman, whatever, wherever he's going to do, baseball, football, whatever he's going to do, this note about Kyler Murray's dad, who's a former big leaguer, Calvin Murray. Oh, I didn't realize that. Yes. Here's something else you didn't realize. Tell me about Calvin Murray. Calvin Murray, this is all you need to know about Kyler Murray's dad. In the spring, he was the batter when Randy Johnson murdered that bird with that pitch. <laughs> That's phenomenal. Right. Do you know what kind? You know how great you're going to be at parties now that you have that nugget. This is that's Eric at home. That's awesome. Yes, Kyler Murray's dad, Calvin, was at the plate when Randy Johnson threw that spring training pitch and killed the bird. There it is, Calvin Murray, a first round pick by the Cleveland Indians in 1989, but didn't play for them. Was a Giant and a little bit with Texas. Wow. Hmm. I, I'm, I'm sorry, it's that sticky pot. I haven't run a board willing, in five months here. I'm sorry. We're willing to go. No, you well, don't have to go yet. Saturday suckage. <laughs> you don't have to go yet. This is Saturday suckage. Okay, apropos of nothing, uh-huh. Kyle Long tweeted this. I have cravings for bacon cheeseburgers all the time. Onion rings as well. I could also eat pasta without sauce and some melted butter and shredded parm. Oh, my God, yes. Pizza, obviously, as well. Now, that's really an apropos of nothing, apropos of nothing. That was the entirety of the tweet right that there? That was it. And it, I found <laughs> this. I don't file, follow Kyle Long, but I guess I should. I saw this because I follow the I'm Fat podcast. <laughs> and they retweeted it. And just said, same. <laughs> <laughs> you know, pasta with butter and salt or a little Parmesan, mm-hmm. it's just, it's so, so simple. But I it have, works. It works. I, I have. I know it comes down to technique. I, I it reached quest status. Learning to prepare cacio e pepe, which I, I had in Tel Aviv at a, a kosher restaurant. So there weren't and and it was it's pasta, pepper, and parmesan cheese in sure. butter. Sure. And it's all about technique. And it was one of the greatest meals I'd ever had. Because there's beauty in in simple. simplicity. Yeah, absolutely. And it's all the technique. And I think I burned a pan trying to do it. I ruined a pan because of the way I, again, the technique. So pasta, the, pepper, and what? Pasta and pepper. You, 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 oil, olive oil in the pan, pepper. Once you can, you smell it, put the, you already cooked the pasta. You put the pasta in, 
and you get it between the oil mm. and the pepper and the pasta and save some of the pasta water. It's salted. And then you just add par, add shredded Parmesan, add shredded Parmesan, mm-hmm. add the, the water from the, the pasta water until you get the consistency you like and you're done. And it's really simple. Interesting. The technique requires at least two pans, as I've proven. I burned the crap out of one of them. <laughs> so, see, this that's is your that's your Trisha Yearwood Southern Ho Trisha's kitchen tip for the day. Well, the, the the simple the simple things often bring out the best flavor. Like yes, the best cake. You ask a chef or ask someone. It's the one somebody else made. That's the best cake. I, I understand that, but white cake. White frosting, because it is unencumbered, and if and if it's unencumbered with chocolate or excess flavor or overly sickly sweet additions, and but if you get a really really well done white cake and a white buttercream frosting, isn't that called divinity? Is that is it white on white called divinity? That's a that's candy, isn't it? Oh, I thought it was. I thought it was that kind of cake you're describing that I'd. Uh, that remained a unicorn for me because I don't think I've ever had it, but I've had it. I've heard something like that described as divinity. Mm. Okay, I don't. I, I don't know, Steve. I mentioned I'm in the the knowledge acquisition business. Yes, I'm trying to, and I'm way behind. Um, the knowledge that um, that I was referring to was uh, for the NCAA tournament for the upcoming NCAA tournament. I'm supposed to be like any of us the smartest college basketball person in America by the time we get to March 10th or so. <laughs> every year. And how's that working every out year, for I, <laughs> Every year I seem to start a little bit later. <laughs> and that's not really a good idea. So like you'll I'm, be there at first pitch. You know, and it's like, day. so today we have 21 ranked teams in action today. We do? Um, yes. I have none. M- uh, Michigan just uh, held off Wisconsin and beat Wisconsin. Villanova, or Virginia and Duke is later on tonight. Uh, Marquette and Villanova has just begun. We've only just begun. begun. I could learn about Shoot. Oklahoma and Texas Tech later on in the afternoon. I need to learn things because every year it's not just the I pool. need to learn things. I do. Teach me, Papa. I don't have the knowledge. I just, as I've gotten older. To, to accomplish what? What's the, what's the end game? What's your goal here? I sit around a table. With some very good friends, including one of my best friends, and we take part in a Calcutta, oh, college basketball pool, with for the tournament teams. Yes, enormous, <laughs> ridiculous amounts of money that I am thought to be a, a big help in investing. Like this is a Calcutta pool, where you buy teams, you auction off teams, right. and some people. And in this particular Calcutta pool, I, I'm sure that law enforcement is not listening. Um, <laughs> number one seeds can Mailman go for are. number one seeds can go for anywhere between fifteen and twenty thousand dollars. Last year, the total pool Wait, they're relying on somebody spending that kind of money is relying on you and I, your knowledge. I'm supposed to be part of the brain trust. I work you know in sports people, for a living. Do you know how many people want in on this? Now, now that they know you are advising one well, team, you know how many other people want a piece of this and think, will be happy to bid in this Calcutta? It, it, you won't be surprised that last year the group that I'm a part of uh, won a little money for the first time in my in my entire participation period. Here's, but it's it's so much fun to do it this way. Have you ever done a Calcutta pool like that? Not with basketball, but I understand what a Calcutta is. Yeah, yes. so crazy I've fun. I've gone through that in, in golf. Gol- I've seen yeah, that golf, in golf is the other big one, the big way to do it. But like I sit around the table and everybody's like, Speaks, what do you 
do you think of Oklahoma State? And I'm like, mm, let me look online and see what Gary Parrish thinks about Oklahoma State, and I'll Basketball. get back to you. So I don't. I, I need to gain knowledge. Can you help me in this regard at all? I watched Marquette the other night. I know them a little bit more. Here's what you need to know about me and what I can help you with basketball. Okay. I love hockey. (laughs) Those things are mutually exclusive. I I firmly believe that Hmm. neither DNA can. That's why yesterday's show was so it needed both Rick Camp and Jay Zawoski over there. Because Rick Camp thinks his idea of hockey is that is a puck is like a diaphragm. It's a birth control device. And Jay has no idea why they keep bouncing that ball. But they're perfect for one another. They But they cannot be the same person. So I'm a hockey guy. Mm. You be the basketball guy. Speaks Eli will be in here in like 10 minutes. He's such a stupid nerd about that basketball stuff. He'll talk your ear off. Now, yeah, that's, now the that's the guy, the guy I'm bringing with me. To speaks as Calcutta. I seriously because should. I would no. I got him, and I'm going to have him advise me. No, he's in my Calcutta and already, I, and no. and we're going to be Is at he? the table with you. You know why? Because I don't even need 30 minutes to spot the sucker at the table. <laughs> I already know who it is. Well, no, Eli is the sucker at the table. That's the problem. You can bring with, him in with but, everything he knows. I mean, yeah, but people will pick him out. He's got plenty of weaknesses. Just in general. Wait, we're only talking college basketball. That's oh, not a weakness. I thought we were just ripping on Eli. <laughs> Never mind. Oh, okay, speaking of basketball, I think this is a basketball game at the Staples Center. You know, they have the kiss cams, right? Yes. This happened recently. So they showed the kiss cam on a, on a, a senior couple, let's just say that, in the third half of life. And a, and a white-haired man, and he's got a sort of, sort of beard, white beard like you're wearing. Um, is my beard white? Did you just call it, my beard white? No, it, it, his is white. Okay. Sure. But in the shape of yours, more of a goatee. And they show the kiss cam. So his, the woman sitting next to him makes a move to, get a, to, to look at him to stand up. <clears throat> and so he's looking up like he's going to kiss her. And she's wearing kind of a stylish, chic um, sweat top, sweatshirt top. Which he opens up halfway up and drapes over his head. <laughs> that's that's the kiss cam. You can't say anything, but he got the close up. <laughs> this is seniors at fun. See that they weren't lying about that Cialis commercial. That's not, I'm telling you. The top of the upcoming hour is going to be brought to you by the Chicago Wolves. Looking to take family or friends out to a game? Try Chicago Wolves fan four pack. Four tickets, four Vienna beef hot dogs, four drinks, popcorn at one low price, and enjoy free parking this season, courtesy of Kia. Visit ChicagoWolves.com for ticket information. By the way, this did, did I have a hockey, two two hockey things? Patrick Kane now. When he has the puck, this is every Frank Thomas at bat. The way he's going, what he's doing, the fact that they're approaching, they're threatening the playoffs. He Every time he's got the puck, this is Frank Thomas at bat. It really is amazing that this far into the career he's playing this well. He, got, he, he maintained better shape than he ever has, and this is spectacular hands. All right. We're going to thank David Schuster, Mark Gonzalez, Steve Ashburner. We're going to thank Zach Withers and Shane Reardon. Shane really got into the suckage today 
And we had a texture wonder why he has sticky pot because that's what he has. It's what he's selling, people. Matt Spiegel's here, and uh, we're happy you joined us on Saturday Suckage. Thanks for listening, calling, texting, tolerating us on the score. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.